This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to Bingeworthy, the relaunch of a fairly long dormant playlist podcast that will no longer stay asleep. We're in and have been in a new age of streaming, the Uber years beyond Netflix. Everyone has their Plus subscription service, and hell, even Disney Plus only launched at the very end of 2019, with Apple, Paramount, Peacock, and so many others following their footsteps. Television is changing. The long-form storytelling is changing. The adult drama has migrated to TV, and top-shelf filmmakers have followed. The miniseries has become its own hybrid genre in between. And on Bingeworthy, we want to discuss what we watch and how we watch it. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and editor-in-chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez, we are in the age of quote-unquote too much content and we want Bingeworthy to cut through the noise and focus on the buzziest shows that are worthy of your time. Usually, Rodrigo and I find ourselves digging into Yellowstone in 1883 on our Yellowstoners podcast, but today we find ourselves stepping into a galaxy far, far away to discuss the Disney Plus show, The Book of Boba Fett, which just finished its first season on Disney Plus. But before we jump into that, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, The Discourse, Be Real, Deep Focus, Yellowstoners, The Fourth Wall, and more. Like and subscribe on any of your podcast apps of choice and drop us a comment on iTunes or rate us on Spotify as we always appreciate it. Okay, enjoy the first relaunch episode of Bingeworthy. Let's just jump into the fact that like we've talked before about your kind of lukewarm feelings when it comes to the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. We haven't kind of had much coverage on the site about book of boba fett so now that you know i i know you're a, a star wars fan in general but with that in mind and with the mandalorian in mind how about we just kind of fill in the blanks as far as the book of boba fett season one goes what are your initial thoughts here I, I'll, I'll be honest i think book of boba fett was pretty bad and kind of terrible at first it got a little <laughs> bit better but it was like shockingly kind of bad at first and yeah poorly well-written and not engaging at all. And you honestly saw a lot of that on social media as well. Like hearing people uh, engage with it. There was, I, that's there was a lot I, of confusion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say too. There was a, there was a lot of confusion as to what this show was and what it was supposed to be. And we can talk about that, but it's a show that, oh God, I mean, like, where do we start? It's a show that's not very interested in its lead character. <laughs> frustrating and at the same time as the show evolves maybe for the best because the lead character is pretty dull but then you're also got this like okay i'm kind of enjoying where this is going but because it's become a different show and not the show that it was teeing up it's just kind of a mess in that regards like not sure what it's supposed to be it's it's the writing regardless is not very great it's kind of like the further adventures of 
character, you know, character <laughs> X, character Y, whatever. There's not a lot going on to it, but I would say it got better as, as I guess anybody who's listening to this probably knows if, if you watch the show is like the book of Boba Fett essentially became after a few episodes, maybe about the midway point about the episode about five is, yeah, is where it took the turn. It, it basically gave up on Boba Fett and decided to be uh, season 2.5 or 0. 0.5 of, of the Mandalorian season three. It decided to like, let's do the Mandalorian and tee up a lot of stuff that'll happen in that third season, which is kind of funny, also kind of better, but also just like, what? Like, and then, so those episodes are like better, but they're also filled with like, dripping with fan service in this way that like which i'm sort of i can enjoy on the individual moments but at the same time it's like oh my god this is just like just so much and it's like so the <laughs> whole thing was i don't know man i had a real real problem with it and even though as much as i kind of enjoyed some of the later episodes it's kind of a big mess and it kind of makes me worried and about the future of star wars storytelling and maybe storytelling in general because like, you know, like Marvel, they'll do a whole series and then they'll tie up something at the end that mm-hmm. is a, you know, a, is a nod to the next thing. Um, but you never want to make it feel like that your whole series was just built up as a nod to the next thing. Then it's not important and it didn't matter. If all you're doing is teeing up the next thing, like what justifies your existence? And so that's always been a worry in general in television storytelling, genre storytelling. But now you've got a series that doesn't even wait till the last minute and instead uses the last four or five episodes to sort of tee up the next thing, which is just kind of odd. It, yeah, it's a really weird way to do a season of TV. Like, it's almost like they they realized that the show didn't have much to offer in the story of Book of Boba Fett. Right. And they, they just literally pivoted. <laughs> like, it's like, but, but, well, everybody but, loves the Mandalorian, so let's just pivot. For sure. But we know the way television is works and written, even though it's like pretty fast, there's no way they could react like that. You have to write the whole thing. You have to write the whole thing in advance and know where you're going. And so there's no way they could have reacted in real time and decided. No, not in real time. But it it, it almost seems like they were having the same feelings as they were kind of coming up with the arc of the show. They had already shot episodes of Mandalorian season three and they (laughs) saw how bad that that the first few episodes were being received and how poor they were in general. And they just decided to like ditch some of the last episodes. And then obviously they didn't do that because, you know, it almost feels like that. Right. It's like, they like, I mean, episode five is a Mandalorian episode. There is no Boba Fett in it. (laughs) It's a, it's a total, like it could have been uh, episode one of Mandalorian three that they already shot and got ready and decided to throw it in there earlier or something. Right. Like almost quite literally it's it's a really strange choice because you can feel as soon as the mandalorian shows up that he is a better character <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like, oh. weird because he's not the greatest character in the whole world no. either he's pretty taciturn he doesn't talk we don't see his emotions he's really hampered by that that we don't see his emotions um, i mean i know we're used to that two seasons later but even by the end of mandalorian season two they were taking his mask off all the time because they knew themselves that they had this issue and they were teeing up the, the, this idea that he's got to have to take his mask off because it's like it's like you're working with a handicap you know yeah. mm-hmm. the, the face is just uh, is the human face is the most powerful tool that there is in all of cinema even though it's not necessarily a tool of cinema but it, the 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 reality is it is because cinema is is an empathy machine and and, and our, our we are generated by our empathy by our, our human emotions and our faces are our most relatable things at a fundamental level anyhow yeah i don't know man like whew. <laughs> 
Yeah, you tell, it, me, you tell me because you just you saw it sooner than I. I was watching it week to week, and you kind of been watched all of it today. Yes, I watched every single episode, which I am kind of glad I did it that way because I could just burst through that. That's the other thing is you didn't initial have to run. Work. Right. So, so, so you burst through the initial run. You didn't have to sit there from week to week and just go like, Oh, that was boring. Shit. I got a whole <laughs> week for the next one. You could just mainline through the boring stuff. So it didn't feel so boring for yeah. anybody who had to watch it in real time week to week. Oh boy. Like I by that fifth episode, I was like, I think, I, I think I just might check out. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, this is like by that fifth episode, I was like, this is the worst piece of star Wars storytelling I've seen. The first few episodes, I will fully agree. Like, it's not bad. It, like, one and two, it's just not going anywhere. And the the character of Boba Fett isn't getting fleshed out too much. I mean, he's getting his little family. I mean, you're getting your Wikipedia backstory, essentially. Yeah. The same yeah. thing that, that they, I thought they learned from Solo. You learned, how did he get from, what? okay, so what, we've seen him now, and we haven't seen him since Return of the Jedi. And so what's happened in between? Well, here this show is going to fill in all those blanks from the very moment of what happened, how he got out of the Sarlacc pit up until now. And it fills in those blanks. And it's basically like every time he goes into a back to tab, we have a his tank, yeah, the back to yeah, tank. He, he he goes and has his his flashback to the past and and telling us all the shit. And it's like oh, Wikipedia again. But it's it's it maybe what you're saying earlier is that you can almost feel it in the writing where they got kind of bored of Boba Fett and decided. Eh, let's maybe like pivot to something else. Well, yeah, that's the issue with Boba Fett. And I was like, we were texting about this earlier. The reason Boba Fett was so compelling is because there wasn't a lot to go on with him. He was just a badass character who looked cool and had kind of a neat backstory, but there was a lot of mystery involved. And this kind of takes the mystery away. And the backstory isn't that interesting. So he's just left as like all this badass that everybody loved, but now he's not interesting and the Mandalorian is 10 times more interesting than him. And it just pivots to the story that works, which I mean, like you said, I'm glad it did pivot away from him because by episode three, I was like, this is awful. Like the right. colorful biker gang episode that yeah. Rodriguez directed, just bad. Like <laughs> every sense of the word bad. Would you also agree that, and I don't want to put in words into your mouth, but like I particularly thought the special effects in that episode were really bad. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if it's kind of like the team themselves that just dropped the ball on that one, or if it's Robert Rodriguez's directing that really doesn't allow for <laughs> great special effects in a lot of cases, because a lot of his movies are like that. Uh, with the exception of maybe Alita, the effects were okay there, but still they were very in your face. It was made for the effects. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm a fan of Robert Rodriguez in general. So I don't know if it's him to blame for kind of the, the vibe of the show or what it is. Because a lot of this, I mean, this is his show. He's kind of taken yeah, the reins for the three episodes. He, he didn't, didn't write it. Favreau and Filoni did. And I got to say, I kind of, I do stick up for Rodriguez. I think he's a good director. I think sometimes the effects that he's had to deal with, especially when he did some of his stuff homegrown, wasn't the greatest over the years in his own stuff. But, you know, this is Lucasfilm. I would say if it's anything that's like fundamentally out of line here, to me, it's kind of the story and the structure and the, the whole thing that they're going for, which is this like half Boba Fett season, completely disinterested in this character. Also, everything you just set up of, of Boba Fett, it was funny. I was just thinking about it. You were saying like Boba Fett is this mysterious badass, da, 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 da. And it's like, he's not that in this show at all. 
No, he's, not a, he's he's like they've totally redone the character. Now he's like a good guy. He's all about honor and all about like having some sort of like you know we'll die for honor and blah blah blah. And it's like he doesn't even have one trace of like this ruthless bounty hunter that he once was, which is like I mean maybe kind of the point. I don't know. Like you know the whole Cad Bane thing, which yeah. you can get into, but like you know Cad Bane is is obviously Cad Cad Bane is me being like who the fuck are you? You're not Boba Fett. <laughs> He, yeah, he is. They the literally person. address that as a character yeah, in the show. You're not the person that we've known before. You're a completely different human, and I don't even believe you're you're the actual Boba Fett. Like maybe you're a different clone or something because you're behaving in the exact opposite way that we've ever seen you behave. He just so chalks it up to being old, <laughs> you know? right? The, the other thing I, I guess I could say is that one, we never had much to go off of because we we've basically never met this character. Really, we met his father. And we saw him, you know, do a bunch of things in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and barely speaking. So to that end, we never really knew that character to begin with. So if someone made that argument that like you never knew who he was to begin with because we never presented it to you, I would say, okay, that's fair. Um, The other thing is, I suppose that they do in his sort of like history lesson of who he became, maybe it's the, the Tusken Raider thing is supposed to be meant to be like, this is what taught him things like honor and things like that. Which I suppose makes sense, but still, I, I really feel like you could have truncated his story and sprinkled it throughout season three of The Mandalorian and just kind of made it a more complex, multi-character season. But then don't you think that would be weird too if they if they tried to... Kind of Game of Thrones it where it's multiple characters? That's funny that you say that because I believe they did say that at one point, right? I believe Favreau even used that term at one point we're going to try and Game of Thrones, Star Wars. And, you know, I would say, well, one, on, a, on its face, oh, cool, neat idea. Two, if that's what you're doing, you failed miserably. Because it, it, <laughs> yeah, like, this isn't that. Game of Thrones was like television, which has an A, B, C, D, and then maybe E, F, G storylines that you, that go in and out and, and in that structure that everybody knows. That's, that's total, total television structure. And if this is what his idea of what that is, it was not at all. It, it, mm-hmm. Like we know that thing, that, that that rhythm, that that I guess even formula that you want to say of, of television structure. And this was not this, and this has confused a lot of people. Even though it's funny, I've been looking back at some old interviews. He did reference Game of Thrones, and he did even say at one point, and I know we even covered it. Book of Boba Fett is a little bit like Mandalorian season three, a little bit or two. He even I think he called it Mandalorian two point five. It so very he, much he, is. He to- he teed up all this stuff. And even by doing that, fans who had read and heard these things still were completely confused and being <laughs> like, what the hell, you know? Oh, man. I mean, even myself, like I was intending to watch it week to week. I'd heard the first episode was slow. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll wait till week two. I heard the second episode was just OK. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll just wait it out until... I either hear it's so good, it's gotten a lot better, or I'll just wait till the end of the season, which is what I ended up doing. And even that, like watching it all through as one story, it doesn't make any sense. It is completely two different shows. Right. And so it's incoherent in that sense, right? And any idea that this is supposed to be Game of Thrones with this big sprawl, that doesn't play. That doesn't work. It's basically one show and then another. That's not seamless, right? That's not kind of television that people like and and god you know i you know it's funny i made the mistake of following the star wars twitter topic oh boy (laughs) and and so basically i got weeks and weeks of 
wow, this is terrible. <laughs> a lot of Star Wars fans really complaining about it and being like, wow, like even the Star Wars fans are disliking it. To then this sort of depressing version of, wow, it's given me every fan service moment I've ever wanted. This is terrific, uh, which <laughs> is also kind of really depressing. Yeah. I don't know. And and fortunately, I've unfollowed it now because it, it was just too much. And I just I, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, even uh, having not followed that, I got all of that, you know, just on my different feeds. Right. In general. right. OK, like, well, that's interesting to know. That's interesting to know that you don't have to you didn't have to be following a topic specifically like that to still get all that kind of stuff. So you were definitely were feeling that same kind of thing in in your various social media yeah, I got the various sentiments that were coming forth, and I also had all the spoilers. Like before I, I watched this, I knew, you know, that certain characters appeared in certain episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself, there were no surprises for me as far as the characters that popped up. But even so, I, I didn't mind, you know, five, six, and seven. I, I certainly think they had their strengths, especially when they pivot to Mando and did that little kind of Jedi retreat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say maybe maybe we should say like we have been talking about it in a way that's been sort of non-spoilery. I, I suppose I think mm-hmm. so. We haven't talked about anything super major, but maybe we can just say now if you have been listening and you are, haven't watched the Book of Boba Fett, um, the poorly titled Book of Boba Fett because it doesn't really feel, feel like a Boba Fett show, uh, that we'll get into spoilers now, and 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 so that's just you know out there. You know, it it could be just chalked down to a title if they retitled it it might make at least a little more sense instead of having everyone expect this big epic Boba Fett crime story. They uh, might've, you know, even the, even the title, when you think about it, the book of Boba Fett, it's about, when you think about it, it's, it's, I think it's trying to like set up the idea that there's all these various chapters in, you know, uh, his story. And, and I guess some of them include the Mandalorian, but even that still did not prepare us for any of this. Like, uh, you know, again, a lot of people were just like confused. What the hell's going on? This is so boring. And then like, I, you know, when that, when it started pivoting to Mandalorian, I, I my two feelings it's between that, when it, that first pivot in the end of the show was still a like conflicted kind of being like, okay, well, at least this is better and not boring. I don't know if it's amazing storytelling, but it's certainly like, it's more engaging for sure. It's better. But then also like, what the hell is going on? Like, did they, did they just give up? Like what's going on? And you'd There's like to say that... they shored up the the Boba Fett storyline by the end, but they didn't. So it's not like he has a whole arc in this, other than maybe gaining a little bit more of a family than he had at the beginning. Uh, but that's right. about it. Yeah, it's a little bit strange. Like I think if they if you know if we see him from now on in, he's probably going to be. I would guess from their feedback. I mean, also I got to say, and, I, and this seems a little mean, but I don't think this actor's all that engaging. I mean, the character is kind of flat as it is. And, You're talking about uh, Tamira Morrison? Yeah, yeah. Um, not my favorite. I would assume if they continue, I mean, they will because they're trying to create this big ensemble world. But I would assume he's just going to be like a supporting, like kind of like a Chewbacca kind of character, you know, on the sidelines and doesn't do that much and probably not going to be that integral to the story. I think it's definitely going to pivot back to the Mandos being one of the kind of like lead characters. And I hope so, because I, I really don't need a book of Boba Fett season two. I don't know why they would do it. I don't think they would do that ever unless they really try to Game of Thrones it, but doing do it right and and actually have a TV show that most TV shows have like five or six storylines going and they tell them interconnectedly throughout, you know, the beginning and the end. And this just kind of did it in this very sort of choppy 
incoherent kind of way. Yeah, I don't know. So should we talk about like things we liked, things we didn't like, maybe some of the the, the guest stars and cameos and various things? Because, you know, once it's turned into a Mando show, a lot of people showed up and there was a yeah. lot of things. Which I was, you know, pretty, again, pretty conflicted, like enjoying that. Oh, wow, that person's back. Cool. But like, God, fan service, fan service everywhere. Like, is this really necessary? It's kind of neat, but is it necessary? Yeah. And like I was saying, Cad Bane, you introduce this fan favorite character that everybody's been waiting to see the live action version of. Right. Did you know that character? Uh, I knew of him. I don't watch the uh, the Clone Wars or any of the stuff yeah. that that's involved in. But, you know, I knew of him I and I knew that people were excited about it. I saw all these like TikTok videos or or live tweets where people were like celebrating the arrival of Cad Bane. And then in this episode, they just go and kill him right away. I just can't wait to see the reaction videos for that. Like to to just juxtapose those two reactions together and just see how people or what people are thinking of of his arrival and quick departure. I don't want to bring this up exactly because it will derail us, but I would love to at some point talk about Star Wars's unfortunate nature to do takeaways, what I call takeaways and undoing a lot of stuff. So I I, I won't talk about it now because I don't want to get derailed, but yes. Uh, but well, I, I guess to hint to it is I don't think Cad Bane's dead because I don't think every anybody ever dies on Star Wars. And I think that a lot of stuff has no meaning, <laughs> <laughs> which is, in my opinion, extremely terrible for storytelling. Yes. Yeah. As far as favorite things for me, I mean, it, it, I just like I've said, it's when the Mandalorian shows up. Five, six and seven were a lot stronger than than the rest of it. I, I mean, as soon as you, the Mandalorian makes an appearance, it's all about him kind of reestablishing himself and finding his purpose beyond Grogu and just having this longing to reconnect with him and, and leaving him be, even though he doesn't want to necessarily leave him there. He just knows it's, it's for the better. And then Grogu makes the choice himself to obviously come back into the fold. And there's the whole, well, actually I, I want to spend some time on the Luke Skywalker of it all, because I think the technology is really cool that we have, the ability to make such a convincing Luke Skywalker. We just need someone who's better at acting the voice. The thing is there was no human involved other than exactly person who was like the stand-in essentially they did a deep fake face on top of an actor. And And then an AI voice. Yes. And I'll give them props that the AI face that they did this deep time, the deep fake is much, 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 much better than what they had on uh, the end of season two of The Mandalorian and context, The Mandalorian season two end that had Luke Skywalker was really, really bad, it was horrible. Um, the, the VFX, the CGI, the whole thing was really, really bad. And then a, a, a fellow on uh, YouTube basically went and said, like, look, you guys can do better than this. I'll show you that I can even do better than this. And he <laughs> deep faked Luke Skywalker's face and he did a bunch of he did. He took what the show did deep faked on top of it, did some of his own VFX and did like a A and B comparison showing the two and his was clearly better and more convincing. And then Lucasfilm hired him right away. Yes, smartly. I mean, and and it's clear they used him again. He worked on this stuff, obviously. And this is why Luke Skywalker looks better, Um, but it's still not perfect. Yeah. uh, It was used, as Mike said, I cut him off a little bit, so you might not have heard that, but it was an AI voice. They basically have this thing where they can now 
They've recorded his voice and put it into the system so they know what the voice sounds like. And now they can just type in words and the AI voice will say it. And it sounds mostly like Mark Hamill. Um, they've replicated it through AI. Um, and so now we've got this robotic, sort of mostly human, but still slightly odd uh, Luke Skywalker, who's only in for one episode, which is kind of neat, but it's still kind of strange. It's a, again, a conflicted thing. And also just the implications of all that now, like what are we going to, is that what we're going to do that with every character for the rest of the time? Are we just going to go back and, and do like, you know, young Bogart movies now? Or are we going to recast <laughs> him? Are we going to, are we going to do this all the time? Like, God, it's so, the, the implications of it are pretty huge. I'm just not mm-hmm. a huge fan of it. I suppose like if you really, really need them for something like this, sure, that's fine. I certainly don't want to see a whole, like young Luke series, unless there's a real actor. And like, if you have to recast him, that's fine. If there was a, a whole Luke, young Luke series um, with it, was just this essentially AI creation, I would be, I don't, I don't think I could watch it on principle. I think I'd just be like, fuck that. Everyone on the internet has almost been unbearable in fan casting Sebastian Stan because of how much he looks like him. Yeah. I mean, I'd say just give him a shot if you're going to use it you might as well give him a shot. Yeah, yeah. I'd almost at this point, if they're, I don't really like the idea of recasting him at all. Luke Skywalker is Luke Skywalker. He's Mark Hamill. We all know that. Yeah. But if you're really going to tell more stories with him um, and have to use him here and there, I would rather you recast. And I think Sebastian Stan is a good actor and I think he does look like him. And I think they could convincingly do that. They could maybe even use a little bit of deep fake, deep fake technology a little bit if they needed exactly. to, a little bit here and there. And so I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. But only because it just feels like they have to keep using him. But again, you know, do you really, really need to tell those stories? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know, and then you get Ahsoka for a minute, you get like Mm -hmm. Luke, you get Grogu. It's just Uh, everything feels bigger. You know, I mean, as soon as the Mandalorian episode comes back, you you realize the scale for his story is a little bit bigger. The Jedi story of it all is a little bit bigger. The, The overall enemy is a little bit bigger and Boba Fett stuff just seems small in comparison, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But also it's just like, it kind of the whole, you know, I'll get into it a little bit. It just sort of bugs me the the season two of the Mandalorian, I mean, was like, I mean, that's to me is like the, the epitome of like telling you like that final episode, season two of the Mandalorian, the VFX are so terrible. (laughs) And yet that episode is still so moving. And when Luke shows up, it's like so exciting and it's so like they brought the like you know it's a one a rare moment when they bring sort of star wars magic back and you're transported to being a child again mm-hmm. and even luke shows up and there's this who the fuck is this digital recreation god this is horrible but you know mando's having this moment with uh grogu and he's giving him away and it's such a touching moving like i was actually moved and, and yes. so emotional and i was like wow star wars never gets to this place anymore but they did they got there okay great amazing and now you're just going to take that away. You're going to undo all that moment and just return Grogu to uh, the Mandalorian. So that emotional moment no longer kind of matters. And you're taking it away. Just like stop undoing your storytelling. Let things matter for a little bit, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, uh, it's either they have bigger plans for, for Grogu <clears throat> or Grogu and the Mandalorian, or they just don't feel that they could have a Mandalorian series without the two of them. So I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, well, I feel like someone looked at the ratings and was like, look, you took Grogu out of here and, and, and everything dropped by 40% or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, it, it just cynically, I, I feel like 
they were like, yeah, that was really cool that we created this heartbreaking moment, but yeah, we need them back guys. Like we can't do this. So, and then when you do that with deaths, when you continue to keep doing that with everything, when people are like, this person died, oh man, that's horrible. And then they show up later in a post-credit scene where they're alive. It's like, you know, are you referring going, to Timothy Oliphant's Cobb Banff? Yes, because yes. Cobb Banff returns in yes. season, spoiler, and then he is quote-unquote killed, and even someone says he's killed, and even someone goes like, oh, fuck, like, that's horrible. I can't believe they did that, and, you know, gets mad about it, and then, but we see later, mid-credit, post-scene, that, oh, no, someone saved him. He's alive, and nobody actually dies, and so it's like, as okay, soon so as I moment, saw them holding like a rag to his wound, I was like, they're not killing him. Things matter when, you know, things yeah. have impact and you can't just keep undoing stuff. You can't keep taking away. It's going to, you're going to pay for it later on, whether you know it or not, your audience will resent you. Even the most easygoing audiences will eventually re- resent you until you've carved away a lot of your audience. And what you have left is what like a Star Trek audience. <laughs> um, and no offense to Star Trek fans, I suppose, but like, I this is my worry about where Star Wars is going. It's becoming Star Trek. It's not the, the any kind of specialness of it is is quickly evaporating. I still kind of hold out hope for you know the the future going forward. One because of you know where the the Mandalorian story goes from here, but also because of Obi Wan and Andor. Like Rogue One was my favorite of the the new star wars movie so andor's you know definitely piqued my interests and then obi-wan I, I mean everybody's interested in obi-wan it's already like ewan mcgregor just coming back to that character is exciting and hayden christensen coming back is exciting so i think people have interest it's just a matter of if they drop the ball on those they're really in trouble i wanted to say while we're here like before the podcast started they just announced the date of obi-wan kenobi uh, which is now May 25th. And they released a new poster and it looks pretty cool. Um, nice and minimalist. And yeah, I agree with you. I am looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Andor more than Obi-Wan mm-hmm. because I don't know if there should be, I'm, I'm still very skeptical, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to them. I, I've just had a lot of problems with this. Yeah. And, and and you back to that Cad Bane thing, like you bring back this character and then, yeah, you do kind of kill him or whatever. They I don't think he's actually dead, but because they nobody can actually ever die. They can never, nothing can actually ever matter. It's like Even the only that. person who actually died was Darth Vader and Leia, I guess. And Han. I mean, he still came back somehow in a, you know, mystery dream sequence, but don't worry about yeah. it. And, and Luke is, I guess, kind of dead too, although he could always return as a force, force ghost in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. So how does, what, I mean, I, I'm still holding out some hope. How, what is your overall kind of feeling towards the future of star Wars right now? Do you have any hope for maybe the films writing this or the series at all? It might just be a matter that, you know, sometimes we grow out of things and <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm, I'm growing out of star Wars. I definitely had felt that my patience with things like Marvel, which I normally really like, and Star Wars have been waning ever since they got onto television. It's interesting because I was very excited when both of these things were moving to television because I always enjoyed these things in movie form. But then I thought, well, you know, the thing that these things always lacked was like character stuff. You know, they really couldn't tell character stories because uh, they just didn't have time. You win a movie, you got you to gotta tell more plot and you got to have more you know, it, it's just a different medium. And so um, I, I was like, oh, wow, this could be great. This could be such a, such a great opportunity 
and and I think what a lot of I just I'll just kind of call it genre TV, which I guess sort of right now just means like Marvel and uh, Star Wars, I suppose at the moment or Lucasfilm, is that I I'm just kind of I'm I'm almost regretting what I've wanted. Like it, none of it is terrific. The writing isn't great, and it's almost like I don't may, maybe these stories can't hold this kind of thing, this this character stuff. Although you know I would argue that Game of Thrones said yes, you can. You know. Um, because you could argue that, that a lot of stuff is could could be like a, a Game of Thrones, right? Which had a lot, a lot of character stuff and action stuff, and they married it very well, right? That Up until the, the end, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, but, but you could almost consider if you wanted to consider like what is genre TV, you could almost say maybe it's a new thing because you know there's all the now like all these things are are, are going to television, but it's actually it's not. We have we've had Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones was kind of the gold standard. And when the when Game of Thrones is good, I think it was very good. It was very yeah. watchable. And I would I would say the best of Game of Thrones. I would say none of Marvel and none of Lucasfilm has ever touched the, the best of Game of Thrones. And I would never even say the Game of Thrones was like super amazing, but comparatively, I would say no Marvel TV and no Lucasfilm TV has ever touched uh, the best of Game of Thrones so far. Yeah, I don't think it's gotten as emotional or as charged as some of Game of Thrones has. It, it's just it's kind of a whole different thing. It's hard to compare. The, the two in general or the but three it isn't, but it is and it isn't in in, in the way it is in the, in the way that it's basically using this big genre thing and the mm-hmm. expectations of genre which is action and set pieces and things like that and character so in, in many regards it kind of kind of is the same thing like can't you just do that same kind of thing characters and the big expectations of genre which is essentially what they're doing that's what they're they're telling those kinds of stories are they not it's the same thing so at this point I mean, it is what it is. We can't change the story as it has happened. What would you like to see, you know, happen in the next season of The Mandalorian with these characters? Do you want to see some of them back? Do you not want to see a certain ones back? How do you want to see Grogu and Mando, as, you know, their relationship grow or not grow? I mean, I think in just in general, I just want to meet more char- new characters and want them to focus more on new. So there's less really old and less baggage and less like oh you're supposed to be like this and i just want more new characters i want to have fresh faces and i want to uh learn who they are in real time instead of having the baggage of like here's luke skywalker again here's this character here's that character as long as it's not the biker gang from from this this season they they weren't very they weren't very good and they were very silly looking silly Um, terrible acting bad characters just and I yeah. like uh, Sophie Thatcher. Obviously, Yellow, Yellow Jackets was amazing, but yeah. man, her character Drash was not good. It was not <laughs> Nor it was, was her friends. Was they were just street kids with no characterization. They weren't. They weren't very good. I suppose the thing I'm really most looking forward to, just to, because I'm, there'll be something different. Is uh, you know, I think this is. Uh, we've, I think we've said it before in a previous podcast, but this is all teeing up. This is all going to culminate. There'll probably be a few series, but it'll culminate in in the building of the story of leaving at the end of what happened at Star Wars Rebels, and and they're going to pick up that story. And they're already, you know, Sabine is one of the characters from Star Wars Rebels that is expected in, I believe, uh, Mandalorian three. Um, the little bit they've already uh, introduced Ahsoka, who was part of that storyline, and so there's like a bunch of characters that are going to lead that sort of going to pick up off the. The elements of what happened at the very end of Star Wars Rebels. So, so you think it's just building to a live action remake of Rebels? No, 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 no. Let me clarify. Okay. Uh, so, the end of Star Wars Rebels, um, w- which ties out with the, the ties in with the last moments of 
uh, A New Hope. Essentially, the Rebels ends when uh, the Rebels win in A New Hope, right? Yeah. The, it, the, basically, it's not exactly at the same time, but their victory on a certain planet, uh, I can't remember, uh, Lothal, is, is, is within like a few weeks or months of the Death Star being blown up. It's uh, it's it might actually happen before, and it sort of like le- paves the way for the the Empire's defeat at the at the Death Star. Trying not to make this too long. Essentially, sure. one of the characters uh, sacrifices himself and disappears. His name is Ezra. Mm-hmm. He he sacrifices himself, disappears into space. Um, not not sacrifice like a death, but like he he basically gets blasted into the unknown. He doesn't even know where he's going, and he takes a a star destroyer and one of the principal architects of the empire. He's like a a moth Tarkin type character, and the two of them like his sacrifice is basically like I'm getting rid of this guy, taking him off the playing field, and and this will help us win. And it does, but he's gone. And and nobody knows where he goes. He, he didn't even know where he went. He's sort of like he basically, in short, he he's these alien creatures that have um, the same powers of light speed, but they're they're just wild creatures. They light speed off to who knows where in, in the space. Um, huh. He doesn't know where he's going either. It's this, it's a sort of bold sacrifice at the last minute that everyone's like, no, please don't. And it's very emotional. It's a- excellent. I think the last season of Star Wars Rebels is fantastic and the best thing that Star Wars has done since Disney uh, bought them. Wow. Other than, other than Rogue One. And Rogue One and Rebels both have similar texture of like, you know, just people banding together to to fight this thing tooth and nail, you know, like we're, 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 we're real rebels here. You know, like you get in the whole, it's almost like French resistance kind of thing, which, you know, yes. already Rebels had, or Rogue One already had that feeling. And Rebels, the cartoon, which again, I can't recommend highly enough. Um, I wouldn't say it starts as great, but by the end of it, like season three or four, excellent. Uh, really good stuff. And also really good stuff for kids if you want to, if you want uh, an entryway for our kids to get into Star Wars. It's a perfect starting place. So, and that's what I oh, I did. I, I only used it as because my kids were young and I wanted to watch Star Wars stuff, but I didn't want to show them the movies yet. They were like four or five or something. And then I was like, oh, well, why don't I try this? And then I ended up being like, wow, this is terrific, you know? Nice. And so basically it ends with this ellipsis, like, okay, we won the war and, you know, the empire's crushed, but we know that Ezra's, this character is, is gone and he did this great sacrifice. And at the end of Star Wars Rebels, you see Ahsoka and the character Sabine, a part of the Rebels, they go, it's years later, and they come back and, and, and she's like, let's go find him. You know, it's been enough time. We're gonna, we're gonna go find him. And you know, they've already they've already essentially teed that up in Mandalorian season two, because um Ahsoka talks about this character, the the Moth Tarkin Empire architect guy. His name is um Thrawn. He's actually a character that they brought back from the original Star Wars novels. Remember when they did the okay. novel? Yep, yep, Remember yep. The, the novels back in the day that are no longer considered canon? Yeah. So what they've done is, yes, those things are no longer canon, but a lot of people grew up on those things. So people like Dave Filoni have gone in and cherry-picked the things that they liked. And one of the things that they liked was this character, Thrawn, who was this like, brilliant but ruthless sort of like complete strategist, like this, this cold, cold-hearted, like the ultimate evil strategist of, of war. Right. Like the way he did things was like, like essentially like think about like you're playing like a, a chess opponent who's like just evil as fuck, but like <laughs> that, that smart and brilliant, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, uh, and so in the introduction of Ahsoka in Mandalorian season two, she says she's looking for Thrawn and Thrawn is directly connected to where Ezra is. So they've already basically said, yes, we're continuing the storyline in live action. So all this stuff is heading that way. Um, you're going to see more Rebels characters show up. One of them already is slated to show up in Mandalorian season three. And so, yeah, I'm interested for that. I just, uh, I, I hope they don't mess that up. And I hope they don't, I hope they just tell it rather than going on too many tangents. You know, there's an Ahsoka show coming. There is a Mandalorian season three coming. And then there was another show coming called, uh, what was the one that was called? The, the, the other show that they, uh, they, they recently revealed that they scrapped. Rangers of the New Republic. Thank you. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what it was. Rangers of the New Republic, which they ultimately scrapped. Um, so it really seemed like Rangers, Mandalorian, and Ahsoka were all building to that story. But I just didn't want to be like, how many seasons are we going to wait till we get to it? You know what I mean? Just just tell it. So, so I, I, I want them to do that and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm, I don't want too many tangents, you know, just get to it and then tell a new story. Like not everything, like I, I, as a, as a, as a huge fan of Star Wars Rebels, I'm, I'm really glad that they're going to finish that storyline. They really teased it out as a one day we will finish this. They found a great avenue for it. I'm all for it, but I, I just also want like, just tell some new stories. Yeah. And hopefully Ahsoka will be that where they can kind of tell an original story that continues what people loved. And, you know, and I miss, you know, I miss Jedi stuff as much as I didn't want to see it by the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker. I, I kind of miss Jedi stuff now. So hopefully Ahsoka will be that fix that we need. Uh, 2023, is that still 2023? I think that's probably 2023. We're getting uh, Obi-Wan in May. We're getting Andor supposedly by the end of this uh, year. So probably like November, December of this year. And I think that's probably it for Star Wars in 2022, I believe. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then probably 2023, we get a Mandalorian season three. Mandalorian season three. Although they've done Mandalorian season three so quickly that if they really wanted to, they could probably have Mandalorian season three finished by the end of this year. Um, but it really depends on what they want to do sort of uh, timetable wise. The other thing that they did um, while we're here and while we're talking Star Wars is they already started started shooting Mandalorian season three, even without the actor, because they don't need him. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was wondering here is, is all of that Pedro Pascal? Oh, none of it is. None yeah, of it is. I didn't think so. It's, it's they just dub in the voice later. Wow. And they, they started, they even said that the, that that they started doing that with season three because he went to go shoot the last of us for hbo mm -hmm. and um he wasn't available but they went ahead and started shooting anyhow and then they just you know for the scenes that they need him they'll put him there and for the stuff that he wasn't there for they'll just dub his voice in well i mean it worked for for what it was i'd like to see more you know like emotion out of pedro like pedro himself so he can take the helmet off and actually be in scenes he's um, a great actor too you know yeah i love pedro pascal so hopefully he gets more opportunities to do that in, in season three. It seems he's kind of a, a castaway uh, to his own people, according to that episode five, where he's kind of thrown out of his kind of hyper conservative Mandalorian crew. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of interesting. But it's interesting because we've seen two types of Mandalorians, right? We've seen those who don't wear masks. Mm -hmm. And then we've seen that sort of other more like fascistic group that, that have never taken off their masks ever. I, I mean, I honestly prefer that he stays away from the the more 
religious of the Mandalorians just because it's it's so restrictive to to just have his helmet on all the time. I'm I'm sure they won't allow that though. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to him hanging out with the take your mask off and chill out and let's see your face and <laughs> yeah. know how you're feeling as a human being because for the aforementioned reasons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I guess so. So overall thoughts, uh, Book of Boba Fett is just a weird little experiment that doesn't do much for Boba Fett, but does at least tee up some interest for Mandalorian season three. Anything else you want to put as the icing on the cake here? Uh, if you want to be like Game of Thrones, please rewatch Game of Thrones and, and <laughs> it a little bit closer. I'm, I'm totally okay with you doing that. Uh, I do not think this was a successful attempt at that. I do not think this is a very successful season. I would give it like a B minus at best yeah. and maybe more like a C or a C plus in an actual grade. Like you can't be I, game of Thrones and be a PG family show. I don't, I don't think it's possible. You could, you can try and flesh out the characters more, but I don't think it's going to feel like game of Thrones unless you can really go to some dark places. That's a whole other thing. Ratings yeah. and stuff. You can still work around that. I, again, like as harsh as I am on a lot of this stuff, I am really rooting for it. I'm just like, of course. I would, I would, I would, no one would be happier if of all these things like totally kicked ass and were amazing. I, I would be pleased as punch. And I, I guess if, you know, we could say like, we we're talking about what's aging out or uh, of this, of this or that, you know, it's like, it might just be like, there might be different lanes for, cause for example, like what Tony Gilroy has done with star Wars and what he's going to do with Andor, that's very much my thing. And so I'm like super, super looking forward to Andor and Andor I think could be amazing because again, it's like Andor was the first Star Wars movie to actually be about war. You know what I mean? Like the cost of war, that kind of thing. It was very like war movie based. It was like World War II movies, French resistance, that kind of thing. I'm so into that kind of thing. So if he can do that again in the series, it's going to be, it's going to just end up being my favorite thing. Cause it's also just like more adult. Yes, it is. what I'm looking for. So maybe it's going to be this thing where you'll have like different flavors, which is almost like a little bit like Marvel, right? Like you have different things that are different tones and different genres and maybe four different audiences a, a little bit. Maybe Star Wars might go that way where you have, you know, you already have your animated things um, for kids and maybe this will be a lane that feels a little bit more for my, someone like myself. I don't know, but um, I'm certainly yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. And that, and, you know, everybody's, each generation kind of has their own Star Wars now. So like, I mean, we grew up with the original trilogy. That's always going to be the thing for us. There is a generation that thinks the prequels are, you know, their kind of thing and they love that stuff. And then there are people that just grew up on, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars. And now there are kids that are, you know, our kids age that might feel this is, is what their Star Wars is. So I guess it's giving someone a little bit of everything. For sure. I will just say that like, I'm not stuck in the trilogy past because my mm. favorite things are Rogue One, which builds off the trilogy, of, and of course, Rebels, yeah. which also builds off the tr- trilogy and takes it into much new directions, which, and with lots of cool stuff that's weird and new and different. Like I would say, if you, if you've been desperate for Disney to do something different and fami- familiar, but actually different, Star Wars is Rebels is probably the first place to look. Yeah, I think that's why Empire is such a hit, why everybody loves Empire Strikes Back is because it was familiar, it was Star Wars, but it had some weird stuff, it made some big choices, and big surprises, big swings, uh, and it did things differently, and it treated it more seriously. Like you were saying, more of that is is never a bad thing, so hopefully that's the, the lane we can expect things to go in, at least for some of these series. 
maybe we can even reduce Star Wars to like the 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 Neapolitan of like Star Wars <laughs> either A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Those are kind of it's like three flavors. I suppose. And I'm I'm Empire all the way. Yeah, me too. Well, hopefully we get more Empire sooner or later. But for for those that are really enjoying the Return of the Jedi's uh, of the day, this is the way for them. This is uh, maybe not that different to some listens, listeners, but our first episode, our first official episode of the new and uh, reconstituted Bingeworthy. Um, so we will be coming back, but we will be discussing all kinds of things and all things television, whether it's miniseries, series, uh, if it's on TV, we're, we will discuss it. So there's yeah. going to be so, a bazillion things to discuss in the next few uh, weeks and months and probably in, in some regards we'll be doing uh, several things per episode and not just like a long deep dive into something like this because there's going to be so much television going on it's going to be it's going to hard to capture it all yeah there really is a lot coming up not just from like a, a netflix but every streaming service kind of has their big stuff that they're teeing up for the spring and we're just getting tastes of it now and having yeah, seen like some episodes there's a lot of cool stuff Right. TCAs are happening right now. Um, they've been happening for all of February, which is the Television Critical Critics Association. Uh, the winter event has been happening this month, and we've gotten dozens and dozens of trailers from uh, Apple TV. Um, next week is Hulu and FX. So you're going to see tastes of uh, things like that. Like you're, I mean, FX, you know, that you're, we're getting a taste of Atlanta next week. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're probably going to probably get a taste of um, the old man. I believe it's called with Jeff uh, Bridges. Um, that's an uh, FX show that's been in the works for a long, long time that got de- delayed because of his cancer uh, diagnosis, which he thankfully recovered from. But yeah, let's see who Apple, I can't remember who else, did, but we've just seen s- so many trailers and then, and, and there's going to be even more. So I think Hulu ends this week then FX next week. And I believe that is most of TCA, but it's, there's so much stuff now that, and there's so many streamers, um, which we got news and trailers from and stuff like they renewed um, the Taylor Sheridan show, um, Mayor of Kingstown for season two. So there's going to be, yeah, each one of these has, I mean, Hulu made another announcement today that uh, the Matt Groening show, uh, Futurama is coming back. So it's like every day, there's either a new trailer or some new news of something, you know, uh, Hulu also announced that uh, uh, Love Victor is ending on it with its third season in June. So yeah, this whole month is a good month to, if you're a big TV fan, like keep it locked into the site and to our social accounts, because uh, we're putting up all that stuff, whether it's in a full story or, uh, you know, a tweet, if it's not that, you know, just a renewal or whatever, but uh yeah, we're, we're basically covering all of it. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Well, I can't wait to talk about all of it, but until next time, we will keep streaming. 